0: Welcome to the Italian Football Podcast with John Solano, Carlo Garganese and Nima Tuvali.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganese joined as always by Nima. Um, first of all, we are we're bringing you this uh this weekly free episode uh, a little bit later this week. Um the reason is is pretty simple actually. Uh, Nima wanted to watch Iran play <laughs> against uh, against England <laughs> in the World Cup and uh, yes. I think he's probably regretting that. I think we should have probably just recorded the, <laughs> the podcast anyway and and you not watch that game because uh yeah, uh, I don't think you would have enjoyed uh, that that watching that match, would you, Nima? <laughs> no,
0: not too much. <laughs> no. Can't say no. And we will
1: come to that. <laughs> we will talk about that. We're gonna talk we'll talk a little bit about these opening opening games at the World Cup. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday, um, just after the, the Denmark versus Tunisia nil 0 game. So we've already had the the huge shock of Argentina losing to Saudi Arabia, one of the the biggest shocks in World Cup history. For me, it's up there with with Cameroon in uh, 1990 and, and um, you know, it's, it's right up there with, with North Korea beating Italy in 66. It's, it's right up there. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about a little bit about the World Cup. Um, but what we're going to do for the first half of the show is we're going to use this, this show, because it's the, the, the mid-season break for Serie A, is we're going to do our Serie A mid-season awards. We usually do it uh, in December, at the end of December, but there's not going to be any more Serie A action until until uh until the first week of January. So now is the, the best time to do it really while there's still a, a little bit of a connection to the to the Serie A just finishing just over a week ago. So that's where we're going to start today. Okay, right. So what we're gonna do is we've got a lot of um a lot of different segments here uh, on the on the Serie A season. And what I'm gonna to do to start with is I want to go through each department on the field. So goalkeeper, defender, midfield And forward. Um, I've put together a shortlist of uh, five for the goalkeeper and ten for defender, ten for midfielder, ten for attacker. We'll go through each department. I'm going to run through the players on the shortlist. Then both myself and Nima will pick our winners um, for those departments. So we'll have a goalkeeper of the season so far, a defender of the season so far, a midfielder of the season so far, and an attacker of the season so far. So very very simple. Um, start off then with the best goalkeeper in Serie A this season. The five people, I've, five players, five goalkeepers I've picked on my shortlist are Provadel from from Lazio. Uh, he has the most clean sheets in Serie A. He has the third highest save percentage. I'm picking Mattia Perin from Juventus, which might be a little bit of a surprise since he's only played probably around about half of the games for Juventus. Um, but I thought he was so fantastic in those earlier in those early games. He he um I think I've said on the pod quite a lot how Juventus had a uh an XG against, XGA, um expected goals against of uh, double their actual number of goals they conceded, and that was all down to Perrin. So he he's even though Juventus had that terrible start to the season, it would have been much, much worse. They overperformed massively despite performing so badly at the start of the season thanks to Perrin. It's all down to him, basically. So they really have to thank them, thank Perrin that they're actually in the top four and, and sort of somewhat back into the, the thick of things at the top now. Um, so he, him, I picked Alex Meret because uh, I think he's. I don't think he's been outstanding, but I think he's done well. I think he's shown that he, um, yeah, you know, Napoli, there were doubts on him. And I still think maybe he could be a weak link, but I think he's done well. I think he did well for Italy as well when he played for them last week. Um, so Meret then Vicario uh, from, from Empoli. And uh, I've also, I mean, you might not agree with this, but I've also picked Andrea Nana um, because I think that, again, I don't think he's been outstanding, but I think he's done very well in replacing you know, such a, an outstanding, one of the best goalkeepers of Serie A in the last 10 years in Handanovic in a difficult situation. I think he's helped steady the ship at Inter as well. He's done brilliant in Europe, in the Barcelona ties. Um, so he's my fifth on the shortlist. Um, what, first of all, what do you think of the shortlist, and then single out? Um,
0: I think the shortlist is spot on. Um, I think you've got an every single, yeah, I think you've got every single player there that I would have picked uh, as well. Um, I think I think it's uh, it's pretty much spot on. I, I don't think you've missed a single one, and I think those play. I, th- I think every single one have been have deserved to be there. Um, I, I think. I was thinking about this because I was going to pick uh, Providel, but um, to be honest, because of the clean sheets. But then when you look at the numbers, actually, and you look at, I think the fact that you Lazio's defense has been so organized, he's benefited a lot from that. Um, I think he's, um, you know, he's been great. He's been absolutely one of the signings of the season, given expectation, the role he was brought in to do, and what he's actually gone on to act to do. Uh, but I, I think. Um, I'll, I'll probably go with Vicario. I think he's he's been outstanding. He's the reason. I mean, if we look at you know as in terms of the most per, you know highest percentage save and most big saves in the Serie A, I mean he's he's leading that one by quite a bit, isn't he? So yeah, um, yeah, no, I, 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 he's, f- got 20, he's got
1: he's got twenty eight big saves, and the next the next yeah. biggest next most is um, twenty three. Yeah. Um, and I mean which, you have to take into
0: he... consideration, of course, Empoli are a team that will obviously suffer more chances, but mm. that that doesn't take away the, the the sheer, you know, how well he's done when making those saves. Um, no. So no, I'm, I'm with and you. And I one. think it's, it's oh, about
1: I, a complete. It's about him being a complete goalkeeper as well, um, because he he's he's very tall. He's very commanding. I think he has that 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 presence about him as well. I think, which I always like in a goalkeeper. But he's also shown himself to be, well, the best shot stopper in Serie A so far this season. Um, but also he recently, like, he's like he got the most interceptions for a goalkeeper in, in Serie A. So he's very good at coming out and sweeping, which is obviously a modern part of goalkeeping. Uh, and he's also brilliant at saving penalties. He's saved two penalties, more, more, more penalties saved than anyone else. And he should have saved another one, um, which I forget who was against. I think it might be was it Napoli against Rosano that he should have saved that one. He's very good at going the right way. On, um, on penalties as well so he's my yeah I, I think we both agreed then yeah Vicario best goalkeeper of the season so far
0: yeah so far I think just based on performances I think I would have him there for sure and I, I can't remember seeing Vicario making any howlers I think every single other one on that list has made one except for maybe Perrine I've not seen him make a howler or Onana as yeah. well I've not seen him make a howler either but no I, th- I think I think Vicario's the fairest one
1: yeah yeah, okay. We're unanimous there with with, um, with Vicario. Let's move on to best defender. So, I've got 10 players on the shortlist for best defenders. I've got, uh, and to be honest with you, I could have picked all Napoli defenders, <laughs> to be honest with you, but I've only gone for three. So, I've gone for Kim Min-jae, who uh, has uh, the third most interceptions in Serie A, the most air challenges uh, in Serie A, uh, for a defender, that is and the fourth most ball recoveries, so that's all very impressive. Mario Rui, who, as well as being, I think, pretty solid, more, he's definitely improved defensively uh, in the last year or so, Mario Rui, but he's also an absolute monster going forward. Five assists, um, and Di Lorenzo, so I've got three Napoli players. Easily could have put Rahmani in, but I, I, I thought, look, we have to have some kind of spread, and he, I guess he was injured for a bit, so I left Rahmani out. i picked Di Marco, okay, hasn't really played, let's say, a defender, defender, but wing-back in a. 352 i mean let's not you know let, let's not argue over little things so <laughs> DiMarco's in it um same similarly kostic you know same position um i picked put him as well again like mario Re you know so many crosses and, and assists uh, this season Bremer, in juventus, for juventus i think I, I really think he's been excellent um he's been, i don't know why he's he's been unnecessarily criticized by some uh, i think he's been really really good uh, Romagnoli from Lazio. We, we talked about all the clean sheets and, um, that Lazio have got and he's just come in there from from Milan on a free and really been a leader and really been outstanding there. Chris Smalling, who has been the best Englishman in Serie A, better than Tomori. Uh, Parisi, who we spoke about in the last show, I think he's been really, really great. He's, he's Again, he's got free assists, really, really fast, really, really attacking, gets forward a lot, lots of pace and intensity, but also, very good defensively as well, because he's the top defender in Serie A for tackles. So, again, this is somebody who's shown himself to be pretty complete. Um, another Empoli, young Empoli player that's been de- that's developing well. Uh, and finally, last player on my shortlist, uh, and he's playing right now as we speak, uh, is Jakub um Polish uh, centre-back for Spezia, who is second in Serie A for interceptions. So, so Nemo, what do you think? Anyone missing from that list? And again, who would be your winner?
0: Mm, anyone missing? Um, I think uh, Danilo. I think he's been really good in that back three to the right. Um, mm. I think he's been, I mean, some games he's been outstanding uh, to the back of that three and the back of that three. And I think... Um, But yeah, no, I, I think, I think, uh, I think Kalulu and Tomori as well. But if we're looking at consistently, I mean, if we're just looking at central defenders, I think for me, the uh, like Chris Smalling, I think has been outstanding. I, I don't think, I think him, him and Romagnoli uh, for consistency this season have been a head and shoulders above everyone else. Bremer struggled when, Mil- when, when Juve played in a back four, uh, I think mm. that, that was, that was always going to happen. Uh, so I don't think the criticism was was unfair to him that because he did look out of a little bit out of place in a back four, but as soon as Juve returned, you know, reverted to a back uh, or went to a back three, um, they I think he's been him and Danilo have been outstanding. Um, so so for me, I I, I I have I can't discard Chris Smalling. I think he's he's been consistently the best central defender. In, in, in the Serie A this season. And I do kind of make a difference between the defender and, and wing-back because I think Kostic, for example, Di Marco, those, those guys, Mario Rui as well, uh, no doubt. Di Lorenzo, for sure. Those are in their own category, but just a central defender, I think Smalling, just ahead of Romagnoli, just simply for the consistency and, and the high level he's played. I mean, he's not really made any howlers. You can, you know, people are going to come and say, oh, but what about what happened against Ossiman? That wasn't a howler. That was more Ossiman being fantastic, more than yeah. more than Smalling being being making a howler. In my it, like, that's how I see it anyway.
1: Yeah. No, I mean uh, uh, Smalling has been outstanding. He he has been so. Is Smalling your is he your winner then? Is he your defender? yeah for for, for
0: central football? defender? Yeah, and as a left and, and as a wing back or a full back, I have to go with DiMarco because I think he's been. I mean, the, 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 his contributions, but it was between him and Kostic for me.
1: Mm. Okay. Fair enough. I am I'm, I'm going to go for Kim Min-jae as my as my defender of the year because I think that you know looking at putting it into context looking at the whole picture you know he was coming in and replacing Koulibaly who's probably been the best defender in Serie A if we're looking at consistency over the period of time that he he was at Napoli um you know 8 years was it uh, and you know he that was such a huge gap to, to fill not only in the team but the leadership in the change room and everything and, Kim min is coming from the Turkish league you know his first move to a big league let's say and he's just come in and just immediately just been absolutely out, absolutely outstanding um and just a monster like like his nickname like <laughs> an absolute monster and uh, you know his stats back it up that I uh, you know that I said you know he's he's right up there for for interceptions for ball recoveries um for uh, the most air challenges for for a defender i mean you know he's been absolutely outstanding he he's done it with Rachmani, without Rachmani. Uh brilliant in europe as well you know so i think yeah i'm and they're top of the league as well so i mean i'm i'm going for i'm going for kim min the only
0: reason i didn't go for him is because he has made one or two a bit howler mistakes you've not seen that from the others uh, and that, that that's why i have them a he made bit one
1: back. in that last game didn't he against yeah. um udinese uh, yeah. Udinese, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. it didn't cost them. So, I mean, yeah. Well, um, um, Okay, let's move Let's move on to midfield. Midfielder. So, again, 10, ten players on the shortlist for best midfielder of Serie A. Uh, Milinkovic-Savic. Uh, he's got three goals, seven assists. That's the most number of assists in Serie A. Um, Andrei Zambo-Ingisa. Two goals, three assists. Piotr Piet- Zielinski. Three goals, five assists. He's got the same number of goals and assists in all competitions already this season that he had in the whole of last season. Uh, Lobotka. La uh, as well so you've yeah, gone for three Napoli you could easy you could pick so many Napoli players in all these categories uh Lobotka who's 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 number who isn't really someone who you look at tangibly uh like at his numbers he's just somebody that's just been so good at just controlling the play and everything um Rabiot surprisingly you would have never picked him before the start of the season but he's uh he's have you know probably his best season maybe of his career so far three goals two assists uh Ismaël foot for Milan I think he's been their their best Probably their best player, actually, this season, Ben um, consistency-wise, anyway. Then Barella, who's having a comeback season, five goals, five assists already. This is only in Serie A, by the way, these numbers. Mm. Uh, Pellegrini, uh, one goal, four assists, which, you know, that might not look like high, but his numbers are very, very high. If you look at his numbers, the key passes, for goal chances created, he's very, very high up. Coop uh, Miners from Atalanta, I think he's been their, their, their outstanding player. And then uh I picked Roberto Pereira from Udinese because I was looking at his his numbers. He's been playing in a wing back position this year this year, quite surprisingly, not really his position. Um, but his numbers are really good, like his creative numbers. He's got five assists and creating a lot of chances. So I thought he deserved um to be singled out um on this. So that's my short list. What are you um yeah, who have you got, Noah?
0: I think um, maybe Sandro Tonali is the only name I'm kind of missing on the list. But other than that, I think it's these are the best midfielders. And I think this is the most difficult... I really think this is the most difficult category to pick from, because there's been so many good central midfielders in the Serie A this season, and the level they've played at. Um, but a, it's for me, it's so difficult to pick. I mean, if you're going to pick who... Who's been at the highest level? You know who's played at their like the, the highest level, peak level reached. But then you also think, okay, well, what about their lowest level when they've been dreadful? For example, Milinkovic-Savic against Juve was was unwatchable. Barella, the first two three games of the season was unwatchable. Then he turned it around. But I mean, if you're gonna go with consistency, if you take all of these things in, into account, in meaning the lowest level being how high the lowest level they've played at in the Serie A versus how high they've reached overall. Um, Anguissa, I mean, has he had a bad game this season? Like, I, I can't no. remember him having a single bad game this season.
1: Uh, I no, he hasn't. Every he just single missed a one. couple of games, didn't he? He missed a few yeah. games for injury. That's well, saying, that's yeah. that.
0: That would be the only thing against him then. But I mean, because other than that, every single time he's played, he's been brilliant or great. At the uh, his worst level has been great. Um, whilst I mean, again, Milinkovic-Savic against Juve was unwatchable. Barella, the first two games, two, three, four games of the season was was dreadful, um, but but for me Anguissa. But but I mean you could, you could make look this is for me you you can make an argument for any of them. You can make an argument for Zielinski, Barella, Anguissa, Milinkovic-Savic, Benasser, You can you can make an argument for all of them. But personally, I'm just going to go with the ones that with, with Anguissa because I don't think I've not I'm yet to see see a bad game from him this season.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to pick, it's hard to pick against Anguisa. For me, it's either Anguissa or Zielinski. Um, if we're talking about consistency, like you said, pure consistency, every single game he's played, he's played well. He's either been outstanding or he's played good. He's never been anything less than good, <laughs> you know, Anguisa, then, um, then, then you go for Anguissa. If you're looking at somebody who tangibly, you know, in terms of numbers, in terms of goals and assists, creativity, you'd maybe go for Zielinski. Um, but you know, at the same time, Anguisa has shown himself to become into becoming the complete midfielder because he's not just that kind of yeah. physical dominant player. Yeah. Who you know, it, you know, he's now actually turning into someone who is becoming box to box and also chipping in with goals and assists as well. He sure you is. You know, um, he sure so is. he's he is becoming complete. So it's it really is difficult. It's so hard to pick between the two of them. Um, I, I feel that like Zielinski has made a difference also in games that have been tight for Napoli, you know, and and, and that's important as well, uh, where you need that bit of individual brilliance. And Zielinski has got that together with like, Clara uh, kind of to make the difference. So it's really, really hard. Uh, because you went, I mean, I was going to go for Anguisa, but because you've gone for him, I'll go for Zielinski just to... <laughs> Yeah, just to you know, just just to get a bit of variety there. But I think. But I mean, again, like we said, you it. could
0: choose. You could choose any one of these. Like you could choose Minkovic, you could choose Barella. You wouldn't be wrong. I mean, you really wouldn't, mm. because I think it's all of them. I mean, again, I say this is a this is the toughest category, in my opinion. I think the central midfield in the Serie A is absolutely packed with quality players. Yeah, this season.
1: yeah, for sure. OK, let's move on to best forward now. This is maybe a little bit uh, easier to pick, even though there is so much quality here. And that's because one player has just been head and shoulders above everyone, really. Um, so the shortlist is... Kvara six goals, five assists. Most man of the matches in Serie A this season. Victor Osimen, top scorer in Serie A. Rafael Liao, six goals, four assists. Lautaro, Martinez, seven goals, two assists. Adamola Lukman, who probably could have put in the midfield category, but I mean, I, I consider him more of a kind of yeah, second too. striker, really, personally. But, yeah, you know, too. you could pick him as a midfielder. Uh, seven goals, two assists, a uh, few of them penalties. Dybala, five goals, two assists. Beto, six goals. Marko Naltovic, eight goals, three assists. That's fantastic. Uh Dia, six goals. And I picked Mbala Zola seven goals. They're my 10. Um, yeah, again, who have you got?
0: um i it almost doesn't is, matter
1: it doesn't I mean,
0: matter who's gonna be the I mean, clear winner but yeah <laughs> yeah I mean even though he's not a forward as such he's a winger but i mean like, i what what are the goals he scores what look the the his 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 assists his goals he's he, what are his weaknesses like genuinely i don't know um I think he's just. Been... I think
1: there's only one. There's only one weakness, the obvious weakness that I've seen in his game, and it's one that, that I'm sure he will he will improve on, and that is his. He snatches at his shots when he gets into shooting positions, whether it's outside the box or, or even inside the box, and the ball comes to him. Uh, he snatches at his shots. He he, he sometimes he, he just shoots too quickly, and he doesn't get clean contact on the ball. Um, he you know he has a little bit of a rush, and that's the only thing. That's the only weakness that I can say. And I'm saying that as somebody that's... Look how many goals He's got eight goals in all competitions. I think it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, he's, you know... <laughs> you but that's said, the thing, though. I mean, you know, I kind of... Only I criticise kind of, him so much.
0: Yeah. I, can, I kind of like the fact that he's a bit of an opportunist. That he kind of snatches at shots. And I think that for, for it's more about the timing there. Knowing when to snatch at them. And when to go after them. And, 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 and when to do that. Because I think that's actually a good thing for a striker. Yeah. Um, to, to, to but When do I that, say
1: snatch, I don't just mean... I mean, like, the connection as well. You know, like, mm, he sometimes doesn't get a clean yeah. contact. And, yeah, yeah. And, that's fair know, enough. So he, yeah, he's
0: finishing... You know. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. That's, that's probably the only thing he can probably improve. But, but no, you know I'm what? Not he's
1: not the only one. I mean, Rafael Lial, Yeah, I was now, going to say... I was exactly Rafael, going to say has, Rafael still has the same problem, you know, but I think that Cavada has got a much better technique in his shooting than Rafael Whereas Whereas Rafael and also sometimes... He can look unrefined and, with his with his yeah. connection and the way that he kicks the ball sometimes. He and can also, look a bit unrefined.
0: Uh, don't you reckon that Kvaratschelia is much more composed in front of goal than Leao is? Leao still kind of feels yes. a little bit rough, uh, whilst is yeah, That's exactly is what mature. I mean by being a little yeah. bit...
1: He's, a little bit raw, he's still a little bit raw and unrefined. Raw, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah. Every single time you think that he's improving on it, you then have a game like that, yeah. that one where... He, where was the one and, where you put it miles over the bar? Oh, it was uh, this last yeah. one,
0: wasn't it? Where he just blasted it over the top against Fiorentina. Yeah. Um, yeah but, but like, it's, it, I mean, you could say that, uh, somewhat, for somewhat similar reason, but not yet quite yet fully that reason is Lautaro as well. I mean, I thought we were past the stage of him squandering chances, and I thought he was going to be much more efficient. And he has scored more goals in the Serie A than at any other point at this stage in his career. But he still misses way, way too much uh, for my liking. Yeah. Um, and but I mean, so you can say that. There's definitely him... not
1: a technical. There's definitely not a technical flaw there, though. That's the thing. There's not a technical no. flaw there with Latare. Yeah. No,
0: God, no, God, no, 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 no. It's no. <laughs> nothing wrong with his technique. I mean, absolutely. Even if you, not. I mean, we're
1: going to talk about it. But even if you see his two finishes that were disallowed uh, against Saudi Arabia, I mean, they were absolutely gorgeous finishes. I mean, mm. you know, but he is technically the guy is an amazing finisher he's just yeah he is just a little bit just seems to go on those streaks where he doesn't where he doesn't well it's not as much the
0: streaks as me for me as well because I mean yes I do agree with Apache goal scoring but it's also that the kind of the number of chances he needs to be able to score one I I want him to bring that down by at least 30 40 percent because if he does he'll become an absolute top top Goal scorer in in the world because he's already a fantastic forward, one of the best in the world. But the goal scoring is is and and the efficiency is a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now there's lots of players on here. Some of these are new signings that we'll come onto. Uh, most of them are uh, that we haven't spoken to you about yet are new signings. Um, but uh, I mean, Arnautovic is the only other one I wanted to single out because eight goals, three assists for. Let's be honest, a really really poor Bologna team. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I think that is I think that is exceptional, and we know we're going to come on to Italy. I thought he was also very good against Italy the other night, and you know with Manchester United getting rid of Bologna, uh, getting rid of uh, Ronaldo, it wouldn't surprise me if they try to come back in front. Which the only thing that might stop them might be the 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 the, the virtue signalling fans that that um, don't want him because apparently he was racist once when he watched, he wasn't, yeah. uh, you know. So um, that might that might stop him. Uh, stop them from getting him because I think he could do a pretty good job there for United to be honest. No he's, he's
0: absolutely he's worthy Agreed.
1: of a bigger club for sure. Mm. Even at his age. And I think he's been Agreed. outstanding this season. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Um all right, well this one will be quick then. So we've done all our, our, our positions. Um best player overall yeah. it's MVP. L really, V doesn't really Yeah, it doesn't really need much yeah, of a debate. It's, it's, it's quite it's, clara. it's clara quite yeah. clearly yeah. Yeah. I mean his his numbers are incredible. Um he's got the most I mean six goals, five assists in Serie A, but he's got also got the most chances created in Serie A. The most key passes, the most dribbles. I mean he's like it's just, yeah, like he's just every just, single just, attacking every single attacking category he's 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 topping. Yeah. No, I agree.
0: It's it's crazy. And also given that you know who he? Nobody, nobody really knew that much about him, and the way that he's exploded onto the scene is just has been outstanding. Yeah, like I mean, he's... if
1: he took the penalties, he'd be top scorer of Serie A. You know, oh, not uh, even assuming, close. Assuming, assuming he, assuming he can take penalties, I don't know yeah. if he can, but yeah, he'd be top. He'd be top of uh, yeah, he'd be top of that as well. Right, let's move on to best transfer in in Serie A so far this season. So again, I'll read out my shortlist of players. I've got Lookman. Uh, Onana Bremer Kostic Romagnoli Provadel J, Kimmenje Dybala Dia, and then one player that we haven't mentioned yet today in any of the categories that's Loriente from uh, Sassuolo so those are my 10 I mean look it's obviously Kavara because he's been the best player so he's going to be the best transfer as well but I mean if you were to pick like let's say a top 3 I mean who else would you have in your top 3 from, from those Oh, um I
0: I think you've mentioned every single one. Um, I th- I find it really, you know, I-, I can't think of any other one that I would pick. Um, I think out of the new yeah. signings, I think that the shortlist is pretty complete there. Because no other, yeah. I mean, the you know, the, the, the Napoli signings have all been outstanding. So you've got to have every single one of them there uh, because they've mm. all been great. Maybe not Ustigard. That's the, probably the only one. He's not played enough. But other yeah. than that, I think, or, you know, every single one has been really, really good. Um, yeah. so but yeah, I mean, I look at this a little bit differently. I look at how much investment, how much return, and when you look at it that way, the the best investment and the best return would have to be one of Kvara, Romagnoli, and Provedel. I mean, and, I mean, if you, if you, as I said, if you take into consideration what you were expecting, then it's definitely one of Provedel and Kvara because I was expecting Romagnoli to do well, mm. but. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's one of those three for me because like, you know, j- just, just based on how much money was spent, what the expectation was and what the output was. And to me, it's, yeah. it's, uh, y- 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 it's, 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 even. Also their value,
1: thing. what their value has become now as well. Like yeah. Kavada is over hundred million now Yeah, and, you know, they bought him for how much did they buy Kvada for, did they buy Kavada for? Was it 10 million? Something like something. that. Yeah, You know, and he's 2 over a hundred, you know, they've, they've, you know, 10 times his value mm. at least already. You know, Kim Kim the same, if they could remove his release clause, you know, you're looking at somebody who's probably over 60 million, 70 million now uh, already, you know, so, you know, they've done really, really well um, as well. Um, The only thing with Provadel coming back on your point, uh, while I agree is that they've spent 10 million on Maximiano. So, you know, if you look at it as a whole, probably, yeah, wasn't the wisest thing, but, you know, who was to ever know that Provadel was, was, with you know because this is good i don't think anybody you know, no, no 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 and this that, that's exactly that. what, what i mean those.
0: like in terms of surprise and and also in terms of impact and how much they spent and blah, blah blah but i mean romagnoli came on a free transfer but i was expecting him to do well for lazio i've mm. been wanting been talking that move into existence for 5 years now i've wanted him to join join lazio for for a long time i think that's where he should be and and he's been great but no i mean take your pick out of those three i i, I you can make an argument for all three
1: yeah, okay. Best on the twenty-one so far. Um, I hope I haven't missed anybody out. You can tell me if I have. Um, so best on the twenty-one again. We know who the winner is. So this is twenty-one years old currently or under. Cavada, <laughs> Miretti, Ocoli, Scalvini, Udogi, Ricci, Rovella, Banda from Lecce, Colombo from from Lecce, and Josh Doig from Verona. Now those are my ten. Uh, so far this season, obviously, Cuadrado wins it again. He's sweeping up every single category. Yeah, um, look, in the
0: in the under, if we're talking under twenty one, if, we, if under, we're removing
1: Cuadrado, who's the way, who's the best yeah. under twenty one? If Cuadrado I mean, doesn't I, count, I, I he's, won, he's have, won an award already. Yeah, I'll,
0: I'll probably have Fajoli on the shortlist as well because he's only twenty one. He hasn't turned twenty two yet.
1: Oh, is he? I thought he was twenty two.
0: No, he's February twelfth, two thousand one. That's the one oh, okay, the No, no, no worries. No, that, that's the only one I would add. But other than that, I think the, mm. the short list is complete. Um But look, it's it's gotta be Kvara. I mean he's, he's only I mean the fact that he's so young is insane. Um, um but I mean if you take away Kvara, you could make an argument for uh for Udogi, you could make an argument for Ricci, Scalvini, Occoli, Miretti, Fagioli. I mean all of these guys are winning with the shout, but it's just the, the fact that Khricha Kvich, has been so much better than them. I mean, we're talking, you can't be the best, but we can't name him the MVP and then not name him the best under 21. Like, it just doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one, actually. I think they've all been around about the same after Kavara. I think they're, they're all kind of on a similar level. Most Most of those, not all of them, but it's hard to pick out one, I think, that shines above the rest, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, let's just say Collada's the winner. Um, best mm-hmm. coach so far. i picked a three-man shortlist for this. I mean, again, it's obvious who the winner is. Um, so we've got Spalletti, Saari and Sotiri. They're my three. Um, would you have anybody instead of them on the shortlist? Well, I mean, if you
0: if you, if you want to count the, the Champions League, I think you have to throw Simone Inzaghi in there because that was an incredibly, you know, that was an overperformance. Yeah. But if we're just talking Serie A, uh, Spalletti and Sotil are in Sarri. I think those are the ones I would go with as well. Um, and of course, the winner's got to be Spalletti. I mean, even if you count the the Champions League, you have to go with Spalletti. That- Either, yeah.
1: Either yeah. or it's yeah, it's yeah
0: it's 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 got to be Luciano because the way that they sh- change between four three three and a four two three one in games the way that he has this team the way that he's rotated this team the way that he's approached teams carefully approached games and won them uh, the, the the substitutions the depth all of it you you gotta just tip of the hat what a season he's having um, I mean can he the, the question now becomes can he keep it up? You know, he's had these kind of mid-season breakdowns and meltdowns in the past. Um, and, and you know, January is so, so crucial. So, but no, yeah. look, Valetti so far, hands down, and it's not even close.
1: No, no, no. He's been, he's like I've said a few times in this pod, everything that he has touched this season has turned to gold. You know, Obviously, it's not all him. It's also Giuntoli and the, the De Laurentiis and, and the whole, you know, the whole team above him have just done incredible in the transfer market. Uh, you know, the players they moved out, the players that they brought in. Uh, you know, they've all all hit it off. Uh, but just everything that Spalletti's done tactically, when players have been missing, he's brought players in. You know, the most recent recent example is Elmas, uh, for example, who you know he put put him on the left wing when Cla has been out, and he's come in with key goals and. All the substitutions he's made, Spalletti, the number of goals that Napoli have scored, where the subs have come on and they've won the game for Napoli. Um, You know that's that's down to having depth, which goes down to the transfer team, but also down to Spalletti making the right subs and pick. You know, just everything he's touched has been great, and the football they play, the way that Spalletti's developed players, the way that he's improved these young players, he's taken them onto a next level. You know the way that he he just the way that he, he gets the very best out of players uh, and almost makes them almost almost Antonio Conte like in some regards that he makes players look maybe better than they actually are in some cases. Mm. You know, and if he, and like you said, which was the, which was a really which something that was really really you know I think was spot on was if he can get Undombele and he's not quite there yet to be fair, yeah. but he's he's improved and he's doing doing all right. He's proven useful. If he gets Ndombele back to, you know, or fulfils the potential that Ndombele had three or four years ago when he looked like one of the most exciting midfielders in Europe, young midfielders in Europe, you know, with his press-breaking ability, if he can get him to become a top player, then you know Spalletti is an absolute genius because, you know... No, that would, would be his Herodice. Mona
0: Lisa. That would be yeah. his 16th cap. I gave I mean, uh, up with him. Yeah, I mean... That would be his masterpiece. That would be like that. It's, that's just, I mean, we, we've seen this guy do it time and time again. So if he were to rehabilitate Ndombele, then Luciano,
1: yeah, you know, hash sure. off. Okay, um, team of the season now. Uh, I've picked my my team of the season. And I, I'm going to tell you is, I mean, we've discussed all of these players already. Um, so I always go with a 4-3-3. Three, three. I mean, I could easily pick another formation, but I just it's just generally what people do when they pick their teams this season. So I'm going to go 4-3-3. So Vicario in goal, Di Lorenzo and Di Marco as the full-backs. And then I've got Kim and Bremer as the centre-backs. Then in midfield, I've got Lobotka Anguissan Zilimski. I've just gone for an all Nathalie midfield because they're so good. Uh, you know, why pick anybody else, basically? And I, and I actually think they all deserve it, to be honest. If you asked me to pick my three best centre midfielders of the season so far in Serie A, I would pick those three uh, before before anybody else, uh, even above Milinkovic, Savic, and Barella. Uh, and then up front, uh, Kavara and Ossimen, I think, pick themselves. And then it's, it's quite difficult to really know who to pick elsewhere. But I've gone for Dibala. Uh, As my other one. And the only reason I've gone for this, and we haven't really spoken about him so far, um, is because I just look at Roma and how they were playing when Dybala was in the team and how many chances they were creating with Dybala in the team. Uh, And, you know, they were underperforming at XG because they weren't taking those chances. And then I look at how many chances they then created after Dybala went injured and they just completely just stopped making any, any chances. They were just... Performance levels just dropped so so much when he left the team. And when he came back in as a substitute in the last match, um, and they kind of uh, they got the draw and he won the penalty and everything, um, you know, it was it was just light and day, the difference between them. And, and he's the only one, despite all the offensive firepower, Tammy Abraham, Bellotti, even Pellegrini, he's only scored one goal. Uh, you know, all the offensive firepower, it's only Dybala that's been producing and scoring. Um, so I think he's been that important for Roma. Um, so he's the reason why I, I picked him, but the rest of my team, I think, more or less, picks itself.
0: Um If we're going with a four-three-three, um, and that's the like that's the formation, I would have I wouldn't have had Bremer in it, um, and I would uh, and I would have uh, probably had uh, Anguissa, Barella, and Milinkovic-Savic with Leao, Osim and Kvara. Just I want the three of them to play together, um, but. Yeah, I mean, Di Lorenzo, Kim, for sure. Uh, Di Marco, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and, and Vicario, of course, best goalkeeper, as we said, for everything else. But I wouldn't have Bremer in, in a back four. I'd probably go with someone like... um, I'd probably go with, with Rahmani, because I think Rahmani next to Kim was before he got injured was just outstanding. Or even, uh, based on how good I know he plays in a back four, Milan Skriniar. Uh, Di Lorenzo Kimin Skriniar Di Marco would be would be very interesting um, and then of course Anguisa, Parella, Barella Menkovic Savic and then yeah Leo Osiman Kvara
1: yeah okay fair enough uh, finally finally on the on the awards uh, for our area mid-season awards worst transfer uh, of the season so far so we've been very positive for once in this episode <laughs> unlike us <laughs> uh, um, so worst transfer uh, so far so this is my shortlist Dessers from from who does he play for Dessers, Clemonese yeah Sam <laughs> Yeah, had yeah. a, a brain freeze there yeah. uh, Di Maria Di Maria Pogba Paredes three Paredes. players, players. Mm. Uh, Maximiano from from um, Lazio, as I said, ten million they paid for him, and he only played a few minutes, uh, and then that's probably his career over at Lazio. Di Quetaire, Origi, Ranocchia—that's Andrea Ranocchia. You, you almost forget that he, um, that he that he exists. Well, uh, he's ha- he's hung and... up his
0: boots. He's retired. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you know, uh,
1: Bellotti, Andrea Bellotti, and Harry Winks from from Sampdoria. So there's 10, ten there. Quite a lot of uh, quite a few stinkers in there.
0: Well, you've you've got to add Lukaku as well. I'm sorry, you can't not have Romelu Lukaku there. I don't care about the injuries. He was brought in to be a starter. He's played less than DiBala. Mm. I mean, that 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 is has been a okay, bad transfer. Enough. I guess I, I mean,
1: didn't put Lukaku in because because I feel like you know I I still think if he can, I mean, it's a big if if he can get himself fit and healthy, then I, I still think he'll he'll he'll, he'll while I don't think he's going to be the player he was two years ago, I still think will score. Will still score goals and he will still well, be useful. Yeah, but that's but that's, that's very yeah. If. But that's
0: exactly that's a big if. It's a huge hypothetical. Up until this point, what we've seen is him talking about you know shorties on the si- on the stands and mo- keep it moving and stuff. That's that's been his highlights at Inter this season. Uh, pushed, mm. Posting stories on Instagram, but other than that, it's not been much at all. But uh, so he has to be on on amongst the worst transfers so far because he was he was supposed to start for Inter and he's done anything but, um, so he has to be on beyond this uh, on the worst list for sure. I wouldn't keep Ranocchia on there because he was a free transfer at that point in his career, and then he injured himself and he and and his career ended. So I mean, if you had high hopes of Andrea Ranocchia, then the problem is with you and your hopes not andrea ranocka he's shown well, i should say that i should say that
1: we both picked him as worst transfer of the season yeah uh, yeah i th- i thought season. he would
0: yeah exactly but but i mean i can't we did but then he he kind of injured himself <laughs> and and retired so i feel like it's yeah. you know i didn't have much of a high hope for him uh, mm-hmm. to begin with but if i mean again it depends on your parameters if you're looking at the overall value how much you paid and the output so far then De Kettler and Maximiano have to be amongst them, because the amount of money that they that 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 was spent, the exp, you know the the expectation and and what you've gone out got, got from them, the output, has been dreadful from both of them. But yeah. but I think but yeah. De Kettler. Again, I don't think he was brought in to start this season, so I don't think I can name him the worst transfer. I think they brought him in to build for the future. That this season is just learning curve, like Tonali's first season was. So I'm not. I I, I don't know. I th- I think Origi, Belotti, uh, Pogba, Lukaku, Winks. You name it. Whichever you want. Yeah,
1: I, I think that when you combine when you combine the financial outlay with the actual sport in. Performance on the pitch, uh, I think, based on what we've seen this season, and we're only 15 games. But you know, like you said with Lukaku, we're judging this on what we've seen so far, not yeah. necessarily how good we think they're eventually going to be. And like no, I said, no, Dick Hetteler, and then some of these other players as well could easily turn it around. but like Pogba hasn't even played for the event that year. You know, he mm. could get fit after the new year and have an outstanding six months potentially. Probably well, Paredes must be
0: mentioned as well because he's been.
1: Well, Paredes, Paredes has been a disaster. But, you know, yeah. but I'm, I mean, just to, just to finish off what I was saying, I think Di Kettle, if you're putting into consideration a lot of these other players with free transfers, Origi's a free transfer, Renocchia, Velotti, mm. Winx is on a loan, um, Di Maria was free, Pogba was free. Okay, some of these are on big wages. Paredes was on a loan um you know so you're actually looking at transfer fees there's only actually I think there's only actually three players on this list that have yeah. a transfer fee yeah. uh, Maximiano 10 million Dessa's I'm not sure how much Cremonese paid for him um but certainly a lot less than the others um De is on 40 million um and I just think that when you spend 40 million yeah you I don't think you can you expect uh, uh, you expect something more than what what he's showing and I think based on what you've seen this season it has to it has to be the Keta so far he, he really has been such a such a disappointment um, just hope that yeah hoping that he can um, he can start to show start to show something because uh, Milan definitely need something from there we've said it didn't we we did a we did a segment on one of our re- on our recent shows that there's some assignments so far they just haven't provided anything uh, none of them have uh, only uh, Pobega if you're including him and he was already at the club mm. you know and he's been steady not spectacular but he's been steady he's offered something as an option uh, as a kind of rotational backup option but the rest have not offered anything haven't helped they haven't taken the team forward at all mm. uh, and the Ketela is one of the reasons for that so for yeah for me the Ketela's worst transfer so far this season okay Right, that's our uh, mid-season awards all done. So we'll we'll move away from from that. Um, just before we talk about the World Cup, uh, let's talk a, a little bit about Italy's game against Austria on Sunday evening. Um, a bad game for Italy. Uh, Bonucci said it after the game. I think the World Cup was probably which was st- which started that day. I think maybe that weighed over them a little bit um, psychologically, but. 2-0 uh, 2-0 two nil, two nil win for for Austria uh, in Austria and it was it was a very bad performance for Italy. Uh, they they were Mancini was was um, experimenting which is I think is good. Um it is what we want. We want him to try and find a plan B. Uh, he tried this 3-4-3 formation again which he'd played against Albania earlier uh, last week and I said on our reaction pod the following day to that Albania game that this 3-4-3 formation, I wasn't sure on it. I wasn't I didn't like the look of it. I thought that Albania, we were too open against Albania. Albania had too many chances and openings and chances to make chances, especially on the transitions, on the counter-attack. Um, too, too open through the middle with the two central midfielders. Um And you know, I had my doubts, and I said against better teams and against more intense teams, I was worried for us. And exactly what I said played out in this game. Um, Austria, who you know they're not a great team, but they do have lots of intensity. They do have look, they're very good at pressing. They have the godfather of gegenpressing, Ralph Ragnick, as their coach. And you can (laughs) see that unlike unlike Man United, um, he's actually got them. You can see that he's got them playing how he wants them to play. They're actually listening to him, unlike certain Cristiano Ronaldo uh, and others. They're actually doing what he wants them to do. And, you know, they were just, every time, and you, even though you, uh, Italy had like 60% of the possession, they were just destroying Italy, especially in, the, in that first half. Every single time Italy had the ball, they were just picking their moments and they were pressing and gagging, press and pressing, nicking the ball off them and then just launching attacks. And they were just, yeah, Italy for me, this this I'm glad he played this 3-4-3 formation because I think it showed that this this is not this is not the formation for Italy. You cannot play this formation in big games or against teams with the intensity of Austria because the two men in central midfield it's too open on transitions, too stretched out with with Di Marco with Di Marco and Di Lorenzo playing very wide, you've got gaping holes in the center of midfield, both in the half spaces but also in the, in, in between the lines in between the the two center mids and the and the, the three man back line. Uh, so yeah, not not for me, especially especially when you play three central defenders that are slow as the three that he started, Banucci, Acerbi, and Gatti. Gatti looked way out of his depth. Uh, for the first time I was worried about Gatti and, and, and kind of like what the future is for him watching this game. Um, but yeah, two three slow defenders in a three four three uh is definitely definitely uh yeah definitely not 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 an option going forward
0: no it's look 343 three, i mean like for every reason you said i think he I'm glad he tested it out. I think what he's wanting to do is he's. I think he's kind of decided that he wants to play Mancini that, he's wanted, that he wants to play with a back 3 and he wants to like he wants to find the ideal solution to do that. Is it a 3-4-3, three, three? is it a 3-4-2-1, is it a 3-5-2? I think that's kind of what he's set his heart on that he wants to move towards a back 3 because he thinks that's the best way forward. Because we already know that Italy can play in a back 4 4-3-3, four, three, three. they won the Euros that way. But I think he's trying to look look for other options. And I do agree with him. I think a 3-5-2 is the best way forward given the, the what what Italy have. Um with you know, even when 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 Chiesa returns, because I think Chiesa can play as a not not a wing back, but as one of the two in, 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 in the front two. I think he's a very useful player there. But uh, also for Juventus, uh, I should uh, I, I should add. Um but no, overall three four three makes the midfield just gaping holes. Um and yeah, midfield three should always be played. I think Italy has so much quality back uh, midfield. That's where their strength
1: is, though, isn't it? You want to you yeah. want to make use of your strengths, don't you?
0: No, exactly. You really do, and 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 I do think that that's the way to do it. I I was not bothered at all by this performance or this this result. In fact, I'm kind of glad they stunk the place up because I think they, that will keep everyone on their toes. It was a completely meaningless game. Um, and Mancini saw it for what it was, and uh, we'll take, you know, and, and he'll learn, and the players will learn, and 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 no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the I'm,
1: only thing I'm, that concerned me. I'm glad that he played the three four three because it's good to test formations, good to try and find different options. You can't play one formation. That's one of the reasons we didn't qualify because we played the same formation. Teams start to learn our movements, we start to become a bit predictable. Uh, you know, so it's good to have this these different options for sure, and it's good to test out formation now and know that this formation doesn't work, assuming Mancini that's what he takes from the game. The only thing that concerned me was the fact that Mancini could possibly think that playing a defence of Gatti, a and Bonucci a back three of those three players so slow uh, together regardless of whether you're playing a four or five but especially when you're playing a four man midfield um, and you're going to be so open and we know that Mancini likes to play with a high line or at least a mid-block uh, you know, to, to play with those three, all of them, so slow. I mean, and especially against a team like Austria, that you know, are so got so much intensity and so much pace and and, and you know, pressing. that you know, I, I just, I just, I that worked. That that was the only thing that concerned me a bit. That surely Mancini must have known before kickoff, this isn't going to work. You, you know, I can't play. I mean, just logic. All logic tells you that that's a bad idea. <laughs> you know. So that was the one thing that concerned me. Um, Goodie thought was really good against Albania. I thought he was poor in this game, and I'm and I'm still. He's 29 years old. He plays for Freiburg. I know he's playing well this season. He's having a great season uh, for Freiburg. But you know, he's 29, and it's Freiburg, and I don't know. I, I I don't know. I just I'm not sure. You know, if he's going to be the level that we need. Um, but uh, you know, I thought the second half was a bit better when Scalvini, Piscina uh, come up Chiesa, Zagnolo, they all came on. I thought they were a little bit better. Um, but yeah, 3 4 3 formation for me, no. I think the only time when it's mainly maybe usable, let's say Italy are chasing the game, they're, they're drawing, they need to get a win, or they're even losing, they need to get a win, and it's the last 20 25 minutes. That might be the time when you go for a 3 4 3 because you can get away with it in the latter stages of the game because the other team are going to be tired, they're not going to be able to press, you know, unless they're Liverpool. Uh, and they're not going to be able to press for the last 20 25 minutes like let's say like Hoster did in the first half they're going to get tired so that it doesn't matter so much if you're you know if you're if you're a little bit more open like that um you know so that 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 maybe that maybe if they learn anything for that and maybe they can use it then then it would have served the purpose this 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 game okay right let's, let's um let's talk about the world cup then um Briefly, first of all, um, well, there's two two things I want to talk about. First of all, Argentina's shock defeat. Uh, there's, a, there's a number of Serie A players in that Argentina team, or an ex-Serie A players in this team. You you tipped Argentina to win the World Cup uh, before <laughs> before yeah. the World Cup. Yeah. Um, are you still, still sticking st- with that? Of, after, course after, after World-
0: of course I am. Of course I am. It's it's a bad result. It's an upset. I don't think I think the first half Argentina showed their class uh how how much better they are and and what they can do is the problem is that they were just not concentrated and focused and in the second half saudi arabia deservedly turned the game around scored two two good goals the second one was is the the most beautiful goal we've seen in the tournament so far in my opinion and they they had a they had a it was a goalkeeping performance that was world class their defense was outstanding they were very well organized um not you know, hats off, kudos, well done, won deservedly Saudi Arabia. I don't like these um, these uh, reactionary takes that, oh, one bad result and everyone's shit. No, Spain lost to Switzerland in the opening game of 2020-2010, won the World Cup. Germany lost against Algeria in 1982, went to the World Cup final. Argentina lost in, in opening game against Cameroon, went to the World Cup final. I don't think it obviously complicates life for Argentina, but you know they still have it all to play for, all of their own hands, and and I think they they will they will they will do better. Um, I, I I mean, the, if if they don't, then then of course you know it's one of the greatest upsets ever. Because I was hardly alone in picking Argentina to win the World Cup. I think lots of people had had them. Either them or Brazil or France. I mean, they are the main, or even England. They they, they those were the main candidates and Germany. So. No, it's. Uh, I, I think it was. Uh, it was a look. I would have been more worried if Argentina didn't create chances, if they hadn't created enough, and they. But they did. They created more than enough to score three, four goals, um, but they were just a bit off in, in the final phase, and 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 so they lost. And, and congratulations, Saudi Arabia. Um, for me,
1: I think they. Yeah, I mean, I think they should still go through because as we're recording this, uh, I've been watching Mexico, Poland, and neither of these two teams. Uh, or impressing me at all and to be honest I said that before the tournament as well I mean I know Poland have got Poland have got some obviously some some outstanding players like Lewandowski Zielinski but I don't think they really have a don't really have a any you know they don't really have a system like an identity for me Poland they don't have those patterns of play that I always go on about they just they don't really do much for me and I just think again same Mexico I I just think they're they're just a good team uh, at most. um but then again you probably would say the same about Saudi Arabia as well. um you know everybody would expect them to be the whipping boys and they've gone there and look they let me the just biggest, put, let me just contextualize this.
0: Shot. let me just contextualize for people who don't watch asian football. even for those of us who do watch asian football this was a surprise. look the last 2 3 years saudi've been decent been good but they've never done anything to suggest That they could have pulled a performance like that out of the bag, Um, like there was. This is a huge for me. This is the biggest upset in World Cup history in modern times. That is since eighty two, Germany, Algeria, and 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 Argentina, Cameroon. I think this eclipses both of those because just based on where the team was, uh, who where the team based on
1: based on based on talent. I mean, unless suddenly two or three of these Saudi Arabia players. End up emerging and becoming top players and moving to yeah. top clubs afterwards, which I think is very, very much un- unlikely. Um, then, absolutely, I think you could almost call it the biggest shock in, in modern World Cup history, if not all mm. World Cup history. Because yeah, those that Algeria team in '82 had some blooming outstanding players, uh, mm. and they actually would have qualified if it wasn't they hadn't been stitched up by Germany and Austria afterwards. Who fixed the game um, yeah, to the one nil so disaster? Go you know, they had in that team, Rabah Magir, who's one of the greatest strikers in, you know, he scored the winner in the European Cup final for Porto against Bayern Munich, you know, Cameroon, that Cameroon team should have been in the semi-final in 1990. You know, Gary Lineker uh, blocked me, who blocked me on Twitter for pointing out that he dived for two of the, for the two penalties that he won in that game against Cameroon. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, um, you know, they were, they were good. They should have been in the semi-final in 1990 at Cameroon. You know, they, that, that, they had some good players. A lot of them played in France, you know, uh, there were a dangerous was This Saudi Arabia team, you know, I, I don't think they'll ever have any of those players. But it was—I uh, I did feel that with this game was—I've been very disappointed by the World Cup up until that game. I've been very, very disappointed. I thought the the quality of the football had been bad, but all, but more so the actual just the whole it just didn't feel like a World Cup. Which obviously is partly down to the fact that the time of the year it's being played, but also just the, the atmosphere, the crowds. It's just been there. Just hasn't been a World Cup atmosphere at all until that Argentina game, that was a great atmosphere. That was a proper World Cup atmosphere. The Argentina fans travel probably better than any other nation. Tr- the, the way that they travel, they get going big mm. numbers. They create such an amazing atmosphere. with. Well, let's be honest. And they
0: were... Let's be honest. the The majority of the fans that created the atmosphere at that game were Saudi fans who travelled in the tens of thousands to that game. It was absolutely incredible. Not, I agree with you. It was the best. Also, game. a lot of Argent-
1: but also a lot of Argentina fans as well. Yeah, of know, course. Like, no, no. It, 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 it like,
0: I think, I think your point stands. This was this really felt like a real World Cup game. Uh, yes. This was the best one for everything for the fans the the performance the, the level of performance you could feel both it though teams. you know
1: you could feel the atmosphere you could feel it got to that crazy five minute spell with Saudi Arabia you could feel like the magic of that of the World Cup yeah. you know when you feel like the magic of the World yeah. Cup yeah I agree you're young you feel that magic you felt that magic that's by how something I felt that's how I felt it just almost felt like it was like it meant to be I mean of course yeah Argentina based on the chances they created didn't deserve it but I, I think at the same time I was disappointed with Argentina I mean you know they, they they should be. They should be putting these teams away easily. And I and I feel like you know Saudi Arabia. Well done to them. I mean their coach, Herb Renard, I mean you look at his record. I mean the guys perform miracles for everywhere. Yeah, gone, and he was especially with African he was, teams. He's also the best dressed coach there is out there. Uh, you know. Yeah, and he's he's, 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 he's a very he's, good
0: national team coach. I mean he was supposed to take over Iran in 2019 from Kuwait Kairosh and instead they gave it to that. Mark Vilmots was useless, and he screwed oh, almost good. cost Iran the the qualification in the, one of the earlier stages of, of of the Asian qualification, um, and then got sacked. Um, and and then the you know Scrotich got them to the World Cup, and he was sacked. And and then we I will say one thing.
1: Let's say one thing that I do think though that Saudi Arabia maybe um, showed uh, provided a little bit of the blueprint of how you go against Argentina, and that is this high line. They kept going with this this high line, and it was working brilliantly i mean you can say you know argentina created chances and everything but you know they were at the end of the day they were, the, the the goals they scored you know they were offside you know so the 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 way that they put that high line on and it looked suicidal at times but it was working so you know maybe well, that was more down to argentina not not having exactly a, you know, what i was going to say moments. Maybe it was down to them not picking their moments, but, you know, it worked. But what I did think, what it did show me is that, you know, Argentina don't have any pace in attack. Lautaro's slow, Messi's slow, Di Maria. He's not slow, but he's not fast anymore. He's old. You know, so Argentina don't really have that any outstanding pace in their team. I, I don't and think Lautaro is slow. is slow. So
0: I don't think Lautaro is slow. Um, but so I you do play think a high
1: line against them. This is what you do to do against against Argentina. I think It's the way to go against them. You mm. play with a high line, and and you know, it. it that, I think that's the way you go against. You play. Against nah, them go with high I think line.
0: I think I think I think it was more down to chance. To be honest, I think it was more down to because I mean the sheer number of you know offsides that argentina which were only just offside i mean any other day that that's that's millimeter precision that's down to argentina of course not being concentrated enough look hindsight is 2020 right so of course saudi arabia didn't
1: create a single chance though from from a from a from an opening from a from a free ball you know so it worked today whether you Mm. mean it could be all luck i mean you no, it's not you luck. luck. You could say that. It's, no, no, but it's not
0: luck. I think it's a combination it of.
1: Today.
0: I, I don't Yeah, it, it worked today, but I think that's. I would never do that against Argentina because, it, it, unless you put pressure on the on what Saudi Arabia did as well at times, and that is get the press on the ball right all the time. You that's that. It's very risky to play like that against an, a team of Argentina's talent. Um, but I mean, look, it, it worked. They won. Uh, Argentina have to do better. It's as simple as that. But um, no, I, I wouldn't go so far as to you know say that Argentina are dreadful or this and that. I I no, I, I still have them as the favorites to win the tournament. I really do.
1: Yeah, it's a, a little bit. Yeah, I mean we'll, we'll see. I, I think look, looking at Poland and Mexico, they, they don't impress me at all. I'm going to be honest with you. So I yeah. mean they, they 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 should still go through, but you know um, they've got a, they you know they can't make any more. They can't make a. Any more mistakes? Um, what what I would say, though, is that, you know, it also goes to show, and we're, now we're going to come on to Iran, you know, everybody was mocking, not mocking, but everyone was saying about England, you know, they won 6-2 against Iran, but it was due to Iran being bad and everything. Well, you know, it, it, Saudi Arabia should have, you know, you'd have thought Saudi Arabia would have been similar level opposition to Iran, if not even weaker than Iran. Yeah. Argentina lost to them, so you know it's it's it can go it goes both ways, yeah, uh, absolutely. What, what happened? I mean, what happened to it to Iran? I mean, well,
0: everything so, so that it, I was hoping was would not have happened happened. Uh, it, it turns out that the pressure, uh, all the off field stuff that's happening in Iran, uh, has been really getting to them. Um, Mainly because a large group, not a majority, but a but a sufficient number of Iranians, uh, expats, uh, as well as people in Iran have been hurling abuse at these players and calling them murderers and fascists and regime puppets and so on for about 100 days now, 90 to 100 days on social media, threatening them, threatening their families. And this is things that I've had individually corroborated uh, by people. Um, They've been they've had their families death threats sent to them and so on um, by people who don't understand because clearly don't are are, are putting their frustrations on on the wrong people Um, to think that this the, the Iranian national team players are a representative of the Iranian regime. Is about as ludicrous as holding Christian Pulisic responsible for the Supreme Court of the United States tearing up Roe v. Wade, the abortion decision. It has no bearing on them. They are there to represent. As a footballer, your biggest dream in life is to represent your country at the biggest stage. Um, they don't. They don't represent the the, the, the so-called regime any more than they represent the so-called opposition. They represent all Iranians everywhere. Full stop. Um, because they're Iranian, they, they are representing Iranians, um, and 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 it's absolutely astonishing to me what the level of 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 how low people will sink um, because someone doesn't do exactly what you want them to do. Um, I mean, the very idea, the very fact that Carlos Queiroz today, the Iranian coach, had to put post a video on Instagram with a caption that said quote "The players are not our enemies end quote with a video of five minutes is disgraceful. It's absolutely disgraceful. And people who because what what did they do? the players they before the game and after the game, they were wearing black um, armbands of sorrow, holding standing in a circle, holding up their hands. They didn't sing the national anthem. I don't understand what, what more they could have done. What do you want from them to do? Um, they are football players. They are not politicians. And this is something else in our society globally, which is driving me insane. And that is that since when do we hold actors and singers and actresses and sports stars to a higher, to, an, to, to account and at a higher standard than bloody politicians who make the policies? I don't understand yeah. this. Do no, I, agree completely. I mean it's 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 positively bizarre? It's like holding Harry Kane responsible for what Rishi Sunak does. Are you dumb? What's wrong with you? Like, if you're upset yeah. with the government of England, you go you protest the government of England. You do not hold Harry Maguire or Harry Kane or Christian Pulisic or Mehdi Taremi responsible for what the governments does do. Mm-hmm. It's it's utterly bizarre um and and it's this has been going on for three months and it's clearly affected them because they are human beings they are they are also iranians they are affected by what they see on the streets and to be on top of that they're also worried and and concerned they have friends and family too and on top of all of that they have to suffer the abuse and harassment of a bunch of well scum for the lack of l- lack of a better word scum i call these people yeah. scum you if you hurl, if you call these people's call, do what you've done to these players for three, four months now daily, insulting every member of family that they have, their mothers, their grandmothers, their fathers, uh accusing them of being murderers of collaborators, all that for non-stop, day after day after day for three months, what do you expect is gonna happen? You're gonna see what you saw. I saw a group of completely deflated, destroyed, uh mentally completely destroyed people who were sad and, and heartbroken because they felt betrayed and Mm. it's disgusting. I'm disgusted. And it's, it's just, as far as I'm concerned, I, this world cup is over. What I saw against Iran, what I saw against England, well, they might as well all just go home. What was the point of this? What was the point? Like, uh, they, they are, they're damned if they are, they're damned if they don't, if they don't call, I mean, no matter what they do, they're screwed. And it's so unfair by people who claim to stand for democracy and freedom to put these players in this position. It's disgusting. And, and that's, that's all I've got to say about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we could, we could go and we could discuss this for hours, but uh, unfortunately, yeah, it's, um, this World Cup, as uh, we've seen, haven't we? It's uh, all the politics are being brought to this World Cup, and yeah, I, I can see both sides in many, in, in many, you know, in many of these uh, discussions. But um, yeah, we've seen certainly with Iran the effect that it can have on on certain teams. Uh, I mean, United States and and uh, Wales drew in the other game, which is a which well. Is a good result that's the only saving grace. But but, the, yeah. but but it's obviously it's a, it depends on them. Well, they have to, to recover
0: mentally. Can Carlos Carlos yeah. get these guys to recover mentally? Can he get them to, I mean, what he did today, will that have an impact? Will the team talks that he has? I mean, afterwards, what he said, I mean, the national coach team of Iran had to come out and say that, why are you coming to boo us? We don't want that. You know, we're, we're here to make Iranian football fans happy. We're not politicians. And, mm. and the fact that he has to say that is disgraceful, but it's also true. Um, and, you know, I wonder, I hope, that, that the players after yesterday are angry and feel angry, are, are pissed off, and, and and can use that anger into building some sort of team spirit and and recover from it from it. But to be honest with you, Carlo, I think that Iran won't even win a point in this World Cup. I think they are they're going to go home with zero points, and that's going to be it. They're going to lose to Wales. They're going to lose to the United States and to all the democracy-loving so-called Iranians who who precipitated this congratulations you're no better than the regime you you despise because you put these guys in a completely impossible position insulting them uh, threatening them so that which the other side does <laughs> so congratulations you're, you i mean it, it's mm-hmm. disgusting absolutely disgusting morally there are no the, the, the there's no winners here the morally you are no superior of no one you're just as bad in, but the what's worse is that you claim to say stand on the side of tolerance and freedom and, and 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 democracy but you don't you're just as bad as the other side in your actions because what you've done essentially is break this this team of young lads who who have chased a dream to play for iran in the world cup their entire lives and this was the chance. This was the World Cup. With the World Cup being in the Middle East, this was Iran's chance to, for the first time in history, qualify from the group. But they haven't, and they won't. I, I sincerely mm-hmm. doubt that. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. must be so proud of yourselves.
1: Yeah, okay. Right. Well, I can see, obviously. No, I'm pissed off. I am
0: pissed off. I'm beyond pissed off. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's disgusting to see absolutely disgusting mm. to see and, and it's regardless of where you stand on politics i mean no come on use your brains people how are these play how are these players i had some idiot tweeting at me talking about poverty in iran do you mind telling me how sardar asmun affects or affects poverty in iran in one way or another it, it's it's so mm. stupid it's it's just nonsense and and it's 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 been going on now for about three months and i've just about had enough of it it's something you know, you don't say anything for a couple of months, and you, you try to move on, and you're like, okay, whatever, whatever. But then, at the, then you see you see the result of it, and you're like, well, thanks, well done. You must be so proud of yourself. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't understand, I don't claim to understand the situation in Iran, um, as well as obviously you do or others do. But I, I you know, just the, just the time, just this World Cup, I think it, there has been too much politics in, in this World Cup for sure. I mean, no, I mean, just to take the whole Qatar situation, no, no one doubts the, the shocking. Human rights, uh, you know, uh, abuses that that take place on a daily basis in 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 Qatar. Uh, you know, no one doubts that the um, country needs to. You know, a lot of advancements need to need to take place in society. There's a lot of things wrong with Qatar. There's a lot of things wrong with the Qatar. How they got the World Cup, how they built the stadiums, uh, the migrant workers. You know, no one doubts all of that. Uh, and absolutely, it's something that should be. Should be raised and should be spoken about, but the way that um, certain sections of the media in certain countries um, have have gone about it and still cherry go picking, about it cherry and picking things too, and being to selective, politicize. and, and yeah. the, the hypocrisy that is on, mm. on on show, and just you know everything really is it's the way it's gone that it's, it's gone about it. I, I just think that, and like you said, the way that they've almost put the pressure on the players to be. You know, I mean, to be the ones that had to do the have to do the the bidding for them. You know, has uh, it's been in bad taste. But anyway, we could we could discuss this for ages, and we, we're already over. So, mm. um, let's just just to finish off with um, Serge malinkovic Sergej Milinkovic Savic to Juventus. Uh, pot, it is hotting up for next summer. Um, now we've we've had our friend Alfredo Pedula uh, from Sport Italia. He's done a big report today um, that. Milinkovic-Savic has agreed personal terms with Juventus for a move next summer 6 million euros a season plus bonuses. Milinkovic-Savic will be, would be happy to move there. Um he his contract runs out in 2024 I believe if I'm not mistaken. He's he's happy to sign a new contract with Lazio but he wants a release clause put in of around 40 to 50 million euros. Letito wants a clause of more more 70. We know how difficult it is to do um so yeah, it looks like Juventus are uh, and I, I, I and I know I can personally say that Pedula and I have a friend Gianluigi uh Longari, I know that these guys are, are very, very rarely wrong. Um, mm. you know, so that this is this is definitely solid. Um I mean, is this something that you think can happen? Because it is difficult with you know, he's not saying it's gonna happen, he's saying that Juventus are going for it. Uh, is this something that you think that could happen because it's so difficult doing deals with Lotito.
0: Well, Lotito will accept uh, what, what... you got to make him happy. Um, and it, he is difficult to deal with. But I think that this this summer, I think he will leave. Uh, I think he realises that this is his last chance to play for a big side. And I think He's
1: going to be 28. He,
0: yeah. And, and he's been more than loyal to, to Lazio. No one can ever question that. he He's been one of the best players to ever play for Lazio uh if we're perfectly honest and he's always given everything he has and so and, and Lazio are going to get paid for him he's not leaving on a free he's either so uh so he's basically what he's trying to do is basically you know he's happy to sign a contract with Lazio but he wants a release clause of around 50 million euros to be able to 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 leave and Lotito is asking for 70 million euros around according to reports so i think a deal could be done I really do think a deal could be done. I think, based on Juve, you saw with Bremer, they are not shy in paying out big money if the player is worth it. And also, if you look, take into consideration that, well, yes, they've done, they've been doing minus numbers, setting records even, but they are also, um, they they are also, you know, they they know how to, you know, they, they also know. They also have cash to spend when it when it's worth it. And does that mean that they will make a big sale to do the, to to balance it? Maybe. I mean, we've seen it again. You know, they bought Vlahovic by Kolosevsky and Bentanko leaving. They bought uh, Bremer by selling De Ligt. Uh, so they're kind of plus minus zero there. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how they invest and if they invest. And of course, if they have reduced wages and how much and and all that, but yeah, I do think that this is a move that's been a long time coming. This is the most Juve move ever. Um, He would walk into Juve's midfield and improve it vastly. Um, He's played in a three, five, two, he's plays, he's played in a four, three, three, he can play in every single midfield position centrally. It's a fantastic move.
1: He's an Allegri player as well because he's a ready-made player. And we know yep. Allegri likes his ready-made players he doesn't need to do any work with and develop. But uh, my, my question mark is, and I think I said this in the last show or the show before that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. Let's let me put it that way: um, how he fits into the same team with Pogba. I mean, I think they're very similar players. They're not. I don't see either of them as real team team players that fit into a system. They're kind of they're, there's the maverick quality I think in both players, and I, I'm just not sure how they they fit in into a, into them? obviously you have to play a three-man midfield for okay. that for, for them to work um but yeah it'll be it'll be uh yeah i'm intrigued i'm intrigued to see to, to, to see how it works play it that way
0: absolutely absolutely but i feel bad for um for uh for uh yeah i feel i feel kind of bad for for um uh for for lazio fans but uh but i mean at the end of the day Hadn't been for COVID, I wonder if they would have been able to keep um, if they've been able to keep uh, Milinkovic-Savic for as long as they did. But such is the game. Uh, this is this is the modern game, and uh, you know it, it is what it is. But yeah, no, it's um, we'll see what happens. It's definitely going to be interesting to see if he ends up at Juve and, and if he goes to Juve with Kostic and Vlaovic already there. Wow. Yeah, I mean it's like yeah. It's we'll <laughs>
1: definitely talk. We'll definitely talk more on this ahead of the January. We'll try. We'll try and get. Uh, we'll, we'll try and get Gianluigi on or or or, um, or somebody from Sport Italia or um, or one of our Juventus um, or Lazio yeah, for sure. On to talk to talk about it more. Okay, uh, Bad Joe and Prem face very, very quickly. I mean, Bad Joe of the week. Um, I'm I'm going to go for Saudi Arabia. Uh, and the reason why you might say this it has no link to Italian football at all, it actually does. And the reason I'm going for them is because, because of Saudi Arabia's uh, win over Argentina, it means that Argentina's record, uh, uh, their run of 36 games unbeaten ends. Italy, which means Italy still hold the world record of 37 games unbeaten, um, which they set, uh, which ended last year, a year ago. Um, when they lost to Spain. So, Italy are still the, the record holders, uh, world record holders, and that's all thanks to Saudi Arabia beating Argentina. So, Italy <laughs> did win some week in this World Cup. We are winners still, even though we're not there. Uh, <laughs> something for us to, to celebrate. It's not much, but it's, uh, it's something that will stay in the record book. So, yeah, that, that's something for us to cheer. Um, that's, that's a bad joke. Prem face. Did you have a prem face? I mean, there's going to be so much prem face during this World Cup. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, Is but a- it, it
0: really, this week was difficult, but E. Lightning Seeds, Badil Skinner. Um, it's oh, yeah. coming oh, home does. for Christmas. I have not cringed this much in my life, <laughs> as I did when I saw that. Shout out to our patron Kunal Sony who who sent that to us. I I, I I cringed to the point where I I felt like I was physically going to cease existing. It was. It is one of the most. And the funny thing is, I actually like the original song from '96. I think it's a good song. The lyrics are nice, it, but this is just one of the worst. You know how every Christmas, someone, some famous person who's no longer relative, or, you know, someone who once was re- famous and no longer relevant, tries to make a bit of cash ahead of Christmas by pushing out some sort of Christmas song. Yeah, this is the worst example of that.
1: But what, I mean, it, it's like how they they drag this out. These two, um, every single tournament England play for play with in, in now. Do it every single year. I mean, it's like how much juice are they going to try and squeeze out? Oh, of this no. lemon? Do, you know, do, do you know what I mean? It's like every single tournament they 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 do it every tournament. How long? And now they like now they put, just put Christmas in the title this time. But it was just the lyrics. Listen to the first kind of like forty five seconds. I don't know who did the lyrics for the first forty five seconds to a minute of the song. It is the most cringe worthy writing lyric writing that I've ever I've ever seen. It's it horrible. Is, like. Like it's so so bad, it really is. Um, yeah, and oh god, yeah. No, yeah. no,
0: it's it's it, it's absolutely. I, I I we I will be, we will be linking to this masterpiece uh, in 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 our <laughs> in uh, in our description because yeah, it's it's yeah. so so cringy. Just go on YouTube and and search for it. It's it's coming home for mm. Christmas. It's called um tr- i want to know how far in you get without cringing i got into about 15 seconds i think that that's that's good that's well done by me yeah um but yeah no it's it's one of the worst cring- cringiest things i've ever seen in my life
1: mm, sure is okay right let's leave it at that um yeah thanks everyone yeah thanks everyone for listening um we will have the q a episodes we're, when are we pushing this one out on wednesday right yeah this is, yeah. This is going out on wednesday no no Q&A this is going a out episodes. on
0: tuesday the q a is going out
1: on thursday Q and A is going on thursday right okay so this was supposed to be the switched.
0: monday pod yeah
1: exactly yeah we've switched things around uh we will make up for it we will do an extra we'll do an extra pod at some point um, this month to make up for, for having one less um this month um, we do we are working on some interviews we i do have one uh, already agreed with a with a with a with a player from Serie a uh, a good player as well um but i don't want to i don't want to confirm nope. it yet until i've got a date but i've got it agreed so we will have that um which will be something extra special i hope for everyone um yeah we, so yeah, yeah we will
0: be will we'll, the q and a episode will be out on thursday for all all our Patreon listeners, and if you want to become a patron, then go on Patreon.com/tifp and sign up for $2.99 a month. And if not, if you're, you're, you're you listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or iTunes, or or Apple Podcast, then please uh, hit a hit a subscribe, give us five stars. It really helps us go up the list uh, in terms of the algorithm. So yeah, we'll we'll talk to you uh, for those of you uh, who are patrons. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Everyone else, we'll talk to you next uh, week on Monday.
1: Ok. Tchau, tchau.